0: The following program, The Voice for Southeast Texas, is paid for by the Dana Steele Campaign.
1: Welcome from the Associated Credit Union of Texas studio. This is the voice for Southeast Texas with Houston radio legend and Texas Radio Hall of
0: Famer, Dana Steele. Good morning. Good morning and welcome to The Voice for Southeast Texas. I'm Dana Steele, our second show as we feel our way around this uh, new Vinyl Draft Radio. We have such a great team, Tegan and Leon, and we've added to the team. Now, uh, hopefully you can see us on Facebook. You may be listening online, but you can also see us on Facebook. So you'll see there's another person sitting in the studio with me. Uh, Steelworker, new volunteer to the campaign, and um, uh, newly anointed radio producer. Producer uh, Vicky Parker, uh, welcome to the show. Do we have her mic on? You can talk. You can oh, say hello. Thank hi. you.
2: Thank you. Happy to be here and happy to uh, be uh, be on the team.
0: All right. Well, Vicky's going to be the one that when you uh, when you want to be on the show, you want to be in the studio audience. She's the one that's going to be contacting you and and getting this all together. Today's show, we were going to have Mark Kelly, former astronaut, husband of Gabby Giffords, the congresswoman who was shot. Uh, The two of them have created a... um courage to stand up against gun violence. Uh, They lobby in Washington. They travel all over the country, as you can imagine, with what happened in Sutherland Springs. And then we had another shooting. Six people were killed over the weekend. Um, And and a mass shooting is uh, anytime it's four or more. So as you can imagine, Mark's very busy. He's going to try to record something with us maybe later on this week. So we decided to dedicate the entire show today to um, Harvey Recovery. It seems like it was just a million years ago. You know, I had, I had hurricane brain, and then I had baseball brain, and now I have cold brain. So if you're watching us uh, on Facebook, you say, look, I have my Kleenex and my water and my drugs are down there. And, um, uh, but we decided that we would, we would go back to that because they just extended the FEMA deadline. Again, they've extended the deadline that you can apply for FEMA until the end of this month, November the 30th. But so many people have applied. They haven't gotten what they think they deserve. Uh, they may have been turned down totally. And I was contacted last week while we were on the air by Attorney Raj Pandit. Raj specializes in... In property litigation, with a particular focus on underpaid residential and commercial flood insurance claims. So, Raj is going to be joining us in just a little bit. We also have a uh, constituent, a steelworker who lives in Dayton in Liberty County. She may be joining us a little bit later on live in the studio to talk about the fact that she's still living in a motel. So, we want to find out what is your recourse? What can you do? So many have just gone on about their lives, and I don't want the Harvey victims. To be forgotten. So we're going to be, uh, that's what we're going to uh, focus on this hour. A couple of other things just going on this week before we get into that. It looks like our representatives are trying to ram through this tax bill without any due diligence, without any hearings. Make sure you educate yourself on this. You are not going to get a tax break. I don't care what they tell you. Speaker of the House Paul Ryan said something to the effect, and so did. Um, Texas State Senator John Cornyn, that most people or some people would see about a $2,500 tax break every year. That sum boils down to not very many people. Let me give you a couple of things that they are taking away from you. So even if you did um, get a lower tax rate, the things that you could have wrote written off are going to offset that, and you, you're probably going to end up paying more. Student loans, you will no longer be able to, to write off the interest on student loans. You could uh, write off up to twenty five hundred dollars. They're taking that away. Medical expenses. You have to reach a certain threshold in medical expenses before that you can write them off. It's ten percent of your annual adjusted gross income. Which it was never a big deal with me. We're pretty healthy. My husband and I, our kids, we're all pretty healthy. Then I ended up being the primary caretaker for my mom, and that last year we spent more. We took care of more than fifty percent of her uh cost and we were able to write it off that's the only thing um that saved us with the amount of money but nope you're not going to be able to do that um no employee expenses what does that mean well maybe you're uh in the reserve component at the u.s military any expenses you won't be able to write that off school teachers school teachers spend so much money out of their own pocket every year they won't be able to write that off child care credit that's going to change um i could go on and on and on but then leon's gonna yell at me so let me find a few more here uh... tax credits for adoption services are going to be taken away they're cutting you ready didn't they promise this wasn't gonna happen Drum roll. they're cutting medicare medicaid and social security that will be cut over the next few years as a part of this new tax plan um, higher education if you're a graduate student um, you know they 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 pretty much allow you to go to school for free as a graduate student if you're working for the university that will now be taxed even though you're not getting any money and you really have no way to pay those taxes that'll be taxed and it goes on and on and on make yourself aware be educated on this new tax bill and last but not least it will increase our national debt another thing they promised a year ago during the elections that they were going to balance the budget this new tax bill will increase Increase the debt by one point five trillion with a T trillion dollars. Four hundred millionaires sending a letter to the Senate this week to Washington, to the Hill saying, this is an awful, awful tax bill. Don't do it. So that's something we'll be looking at here over the next couple of weeks. You're listening to The Voice for Southeast Texas. We're going to take a little musical break, and then we will be back with our flood attorney to see what your recourse is if you haven't gotten what you need to recover from Harvey. Thanks for being here. We'll be right back.
1: You're listening to The Voice for Southeast Texas, Dana Steele.
3: a high-level business networking opportunity, then look no further than Vinyl Draft. Mark your calendar for 7 p.m. on the third Tuesday of each month and join Doug Meisinger and Bertrand McHenry, along with co-host Kelly Williams, for a totally unique networking concept. No selling, no passing out business cards, just a place to mix, mingle, and create relationships with Clear Lake Area's top professionals. All of this with the fine food and craft cocktails of Preamble Lounge and Craft House and an all-vinyl LP soundtrack. And remember, it's vinyl draft. Wear something nice.
1: Vinyl draft radio is recorded live in the Associated Credit Union of Texas studio. Now, back to more of Dana Steele, the voice for Southeast Texas from the Associated Credit Union of Texas studio.
0: Welcome back. I am Dana Steele, the voice for Southeast Texas. Exciting news. Went to Austin over the weekend, a couple of events. Spent uh, Actually spent a brunch here in Houston with uh, Beto O'Rourke. <sighs> I love Beto. I'm such a Beto groupie. Beto was in town on Sunday, and then we headed over to Austin, did a great event with some folks um, on Sunday night. But the exciting news is uh, yesterday morning, I went to Texas Democratic headquarters in the AFL-CIO building there in Austin on Lavaca Street, and they stamped the paper, um, wrote something in a little book, and they handed me a copy, and I am officially on the ballot March the 6th as a candidate in the primary for the United States Congress. So very, very exciting. Thanks to everyone who has supported us and gotten us that far. Somebody sent me a graph the other day. What issues are causing American stress? Um, Other than this cold, this is what we have. Uh, Number one at almost 50%, health care. Health care. People need health care. It goes economy, trust in government, hate crimes, crime, wars and conflicts, terrorist attacks, high taxes, social security, government scandals, unemployment and low wages climate change and environment but of course in our area in cd-36 with nine counties declared federal disaster areas after hurricane harvey that is still at the top of many lists this was a this was a nationwide poll somebody did but i think if you did one uh, here in our area number one would be how do we rebuild how do we pay what do we do where's fema um, why are not we getting the money we think we're due We were fortunate. With 29 inches of water in our house, we were some of the fortunate ones. Um, We'd been through this with Ike. We knew what to do. We knew how to file. We've already gotten our flood insurance. We've gotten everything fixed. We were denied our wind insurance, so that's a whole other thing I'm going to have to work on. But... I mean, we're the lucky ones. I was talking to a kid the other day that I gave one of my laptops to a a, a senior at Dickinson High School, a basketball star. And I said, so how'd you do during the flood? He goes, oh, ma'am, we're blessed. We only lost two cars. I said, wow, if I had told you eight weeks ago you are going to lose two cars, or how long has it been now, three months ago, um, you wouldn't have said you were blessed then. But so many people are still fighting this. From the Pandit Law Firm, uh, the flood lawyers, Raj Pandit is joining us on the phone. He specializes in first-party property litigation with a particular focus on unpaid or underpaid residential and commercial flood insurance claims. Hey, Raj, how are you?
4: I'm well, how are you?
0: I'm good. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. I know you're fighting the good fight and you're very busy, but um, gosh, there's just so many questions. Now, you you gained this expertise during, uh, I believe it was Katrina, right?
4: Well, that's right. You were talking about flooding in your home. I had about four and a half feet of flood water in my home for a few weeks after Katrina and saw firsthand how uh, flood insurance companies and homeowners insurance companies we treating the people of uh, greater New Orleans and saw that struggle firsthand. And so, yes, I have a personal experience with this dating back about 12 years ago. And I've been doing the final work ever since.
0: And you've been spending a lot of time, I know, here in the Clear Lake area. Have you been branching out into other parts of southeast Texas? Uh, I know we've got Orange, Chambers County, um, Hardin, Liberty, everybody, all nine counties.
4: That's right. The breadth of this flood uh, is something like I've never seen. And uh, you can compare it to big floods recently, Hurricane Sandy, which affected two states, New York and New Jersey. But it was limited largely to the coastlines, uh, the immediate coastlines, and not far in here. I um, you have water, substantial water up in Kingwood and Katy and, and through the Golden Triangle, as you said, every, all these nine counties. And that's been one of the, the unique aspects of, of Harvey
0: yeah, and one of the hardest things, especially for uh, the the, the steel workers and uh, my constituents, as I call them, the steel workers, and I'm already claiming them as constituents uh, in Orange and Sorry. Newton and a lot of these areas, they haven't recovered or gotten their full payouts or rebuilt from Rita. So here we go again. What are sure. some of the biggest issues that flood insured ho- homeowners are dealing with right now, and then what do they do?
4: Sure, that's a that's a a question that I could talk an hour about, just that, but I'll, I'll try to keep it as straightforward as possible. Well, we have 43 minutes. Biggest...
0: Go, Raj. <laughs> <laughs> well,
4: one of the biggest issues is that the adjuster that comes to your home, even if they have the best intentions, one of the problems is that the training that they receive is so poor and, and so inadequate that even if they're doing their level best, you're likely going to get uh, an underpayment when they've stepped foot on the property. And there's not much that, that they or you can do about it in the beginning. And what I mean by that is that first report after they do their inspection is, is going to come in and it's likely going to be missing dozens, conservatively, dozens of items that should be in every flood insurance claim but if you weren't trained to put those items in the report they're not going to get in there and that that's the hard part is there is a human element to this even though it should be clear as day when you are inviting the human element into it and the sheer volume of claims that these uh, adjusters are having to deal with i mean tens of thousands of claims all at once and everybody wants their claim at the front of the line and uh, when you have that quantity inevitably quality suffers and that's, that's the first and foremost biggest issue is people have to realize, oh, I hear so many clients and people in the community say, well, my adjuster is a great person. It's a great man, a great woman, and really wants to do everything that they can for me. And I, I believe that. I think these adjusters want to help. I mean, they are getting into these homes, seeing people's lives turned upside down by, by a natural disaster and, and do want to do their best but if you aren't given the right tools to do that then you can't and that's the hard part i mean there's a big difference between someone who walks on your property that has 15 years of experience and has done flood insurance claims all over the united states and then the person who just got out of college which i've heard this story and has a dot edu email address and him and some of his fraternity brothers are adjusting claims for the first time with no experience and you, there are stories that run the gamut uh throughout that and that that's that's one of the biggest issues is people need to realize that ask your adjuster, give them a call, and say, hey, look, just just out of curiosity, how long have you been doing this? Just because they may have some gray in the beard or, or gray on top of the head doesn't mean they've been doing this for a long time. And I know that um, with firsthand knowledge.
0: I'm writing that question down. That's a good one. How long have you been doing this? I know, and Ike, we had, a, we had a guy that really had never done it before. We called him Skippy the Adjuster. Um, and you... Got, <laughs> It's like, Skippy's here again. Uh, and what we've found, you really have to pay attention and get down into the minutiae of why you've been underpaid or denied altogether. I know during Ike, he told me, well, you you know, you're not grandfathered in. I don't know the exact phrase he said, but he did say, since your house was built in 1975, I said, my house was built in 1954. He goes, well, that's not what it says here, so tough. Uh, and we, we literally had to go down to Harris County, and there were some people there kind enough to help us find our original uh, certificate of Occupancy, and it was 1954, but what had happened is City Hall had burned down in 1975, and when they started computerizing everything, they didn't have any records, so they just put everybody in as 1975. So you really have to have specific details on why they turned you down, and the FEMA instructor, we uh, our adjuster we did see uh, several weeks ago was Raj, one of those um, those college students. nice Nice young man, but like you said, didn't have a clue what he was doing. What would be the advice you would give a homeowner still dealing with a flood insurance claim?
4: First, the first piece of advice is don't give up. People are already, I'm hearing from, from talking to people in the community, tired and frustrated. And, and what I tell them, and not everyone wants to hear this, but this isn't something that just is gonna resolve itself. And so that you have to have the determination to continue to uh, really fend for yourself in this regard where where the adjuster, uh, think about this, Dana. The adjuster has three or four or five levels of approvals above whatever they have to do. And so that report that they write has to get almost, uh, they almost have to go to bat for you. And it's a lot easier to write a, a lesser claim that they know is gonna get approved and therefore they can send it to you and and in their mind they can get paid for that for that work. Then to write a, a very thorough, detailed estimate that, oh boy, this this has a whole lot of lot of information and it's got a lot of a big check that's gonna come attached to this. We're gonna gut some of these items. And then all of a sudden that adjuster has to send it back to you and and deal with those issues. And so uh, the the hard part is that a homeowner has to be able to be willing to and accept the fact that they've got to go two, three, sometimes even four rounds with this adjuster, because there are going to be certain items that that are going to be underpaid throughout, and I can detail those for your listeners, but there are going to be certain items that are just going to be missing in these, in these reports, these damage estimates, that FEMA's own documentation, the flood insurance company's own documentation um, states should be paid um and i again i can get as, as deeply in the weeds as you as you'd like well you know what we're gonna problems. we're gonna
0: take a break in a few minutes and we'll come back and and get those specifics but i want to g- i want to go back to what you you just said and and we kind of touched on and that is you have every right in the world to say i disagree with this i want to go back i you know, I I. I, I I'm not scared. I'm one of those people that go, excuse me, thank you, may I have a supervisor? But most people are afraid, or most people don't even realize that they can do that, that they can say, I disagree with this. And you can, right?
4: Absolutely. That first check, the way I look at that and the way I tell people, that first check is merely the hello, welcome to the table, now let's negotiate check. That is not... Unless you get your policy limits or something like that. But but for the vast majority of people, yeah, that is just your starting point. That's the floor of how much you should be paid on your flood claim. Well, and if you
0: – a lot of people, I guess, are, are concerned that when you get that first check, that if you tell them you disagree, they're going to take it away from you. But you still need the money to start buying sheetrock and getting your life back together. Um, so how do you make Co- sure that when correct. you sign that check, you haven't just signed away all arbitration and recourse?
4: Sure. That, there's a, it says uh, in the language online on FEMA.gov that, that accepting that check, I believe it's even in their frequently asked questions. Dan, I'm happy to, to find that information, dig it up for you, and email it to you if you can get it out to your listeners online. But it, it states very clearly that, it, that taking that first check is not a release of any claims you may have for additional payment. Uh, they even encourage, and again, this is also available online on FEMA's website, they encourage you that if additional damage is found, to show it to them so that they can ultimately deem that whether decide whether it's covered and it cut you a supplemental payment check. And so uh, they're almost anticipating, and this is, this is where the lack of information and the um, the lack of transparency is is frustrating for me because they'll tell you when you're on the phone with them. Oh yes. If you find anything else, please get it to your adjuster. We'll be happy to pay for it. Well, You have to know that. Right, you have have to to
0: know that if you don't know that. Hold that thought, Raj, because we've got to take a a little break here. We're going to come back. We're speaking with Raj Pandit, the flood lawyer from Pandit Law Firm, specializes in underpaid or non-paid flood insurance claims. We're going to come back and talk about what are the things most commonly missed by flood insurance adjusters. Uh, We'll be back in just a few minutes.
1: You're listening to The Voice for Southeast Texas, Dana Steele.
5: What today has Houston is filled with promise Greater a beautiful place Galveston sings like that song that I love Given, and so there are things that are gone. Houston is filled with promise. Laredo's a beautiful place, and Galveston sings like that song that I loved. Its meaning has not been erased, and some things they fall to the wayside.
3: For a high-level business networking opportunity, then look no further than Vinyl Draft. Mark your calendar for 7 p.m. on the third Tuesday of each month and join Doug Meisinger and Bertrand McHenry along with co-host Kelly Williams for a totally unique networking concept. No selling, no passing out business cards, just a place to mix, mingle, and create relationships with Clear Lake Area's top professionals. All of this with the fine food and craft cocktails of Preamble Lounge and Craft House and an all-Vinyl LP soundtrack. Track. And remember, it's Vinyl Draft. Wear something
5: nice. For info on hosting your own show on Vinyl Draft Radio, contact us via email at info at vinyldraftradio.com or by phone at 281-210-4608. Now, back to more of Dana Steele,
1: the voice for Southeast Texas from the Associated Credit Union of Texas studio.
0: Welcome back to the show. We're talking floods today. I know we're all tired of that, but so many people still waiting for... Uh, compensation from fema and from their insurance companies or some have gotten it and feel underpaid and nowhere close to being able to rebuild their homes and rebuild their lives we're talking with raj pandit from the pandit law firm who specializes in underpaid uh flood insurance claims raj thank you so much for being with us again this hour um what are the things most commonly missed by flood insurance adjusters because as we were saying before the break a lot of these folks are totally untrained unprepared maybe even straight out of college they have no idea but they needed so many adjusters this time around with so many disasters what do they miss raj
4: we'll start with the what i think is the single biggest line item and or category rather and that is called wall exterior wall sheathing that word is sheathing s h e a t h i n g any most any builder will know what i'm referring to but for a homeowner it is essentially the product that is behind your brick veneer and on the other side of your studs and so it's your home has you know drywall and insulation studs then what's called the wall sheathing and then your bricks okay and for the vast majority of homeowners in southeast texas their homes have um a a wall sheathing product that is that cannot get wet and that cannot be subject to what FEMA calls long-term duration. Harvey was a duration flood where that water sat. The water didn't rush in from wind and then rush out. The water rose, called an alluvial flood. It rose up and then rose down. So let's get into what that means. Uh, to replace sheeting, again, get a builder on the show or ask if you're, any of your listeners have con- contractor friends or are dealing with their own contractor, ask them and say, well, how do you replace sheeting? The only way to properly replace sh- sheathing, and I, don't, I know a lot of listeners don't want to hear this, but it's to replace the brick veneer of your home.
0: Oh my gosh, you're kidding. That, That's a lot of work. and nobody's, They're not telling you that.
4: They're not telling you this. Uh, I've been fighting this issue in Louisiana for basically the entirety of 2017. And uh, in the, we had what I consider to be a pretty large victory in the last 30 days. In mid-October, uh, FEMA and the National Flood Insurance Program, which is a department of FEMA, came up with what's called an addendum to the NFIP Adjuster Claims Manual, and it it explicitly details issues with perimeter wall sheeting. And um, anyone who's by a computer can Google, and and Daniel will have this as we were talking. We'll have this online, available online. With can Google this phrase. Uh, nfip adjuster claims manual and the first link will have this addendum to it and it says basically and i'm going to actually read right from it when class one two or three sheeting material is in direct contact with floodwaters the material is not salvageable and the insurance company does not need a report it says from a qualified professional that means an engineer does not need a report from an engineer to document the materials condition. So finally, FEMA has admitted, and, the flood, and the NFIP has admitted, that these products cannot withstand flood water. What, why that's so important, Dana, is that in Louisiana, from the August 2016 floods, these homes all have brick veneer and have the sheeting product, but the insurance companies were sending out engineers who basically said, oh, you can just wipe this product down. It's fine. Don't, it doesn't get damaged, and I can. I have got dozens, if not hundreds, of engineers' reports from my clients in Louisiana where it says just that. And they have now, they meaning the National Flood Insurance Program, has now said, you know what, we're not going there. We're not going to try to over-expert this and not pay these people because it's going to be that big of an issue. So now we're gonna, we're just going to acknowledge that these that this needs to get paid. And so that's a big victory for all homeowners. Uh, Going forward, uh, that that are dealing with a flood insurance claim, but now the now that this information exists or this guidance to adjusters exists, this is where the rubber has to meet the road. And what I mean by that is, great, we have this document now that says pay for it. The question is, are they going to pay for it? You have to you have to talk to your adjuster and say, hey, I know this new this new rule came out. If any one of your listeners does that, I can tell you right now, they will be shocking their their field adjuster because I'll I'd be willing to bet that there's a good number of adjusters that aren't even aware that this document exists because it's so new, and and that is the kind of information that flooded homeowners need to empower themselves to be able to fight back and get the money that they're owed.
0: It makes me think of the phrase my mom used to say all the time, and that is the squeaking wheel gets oiled. You just, you oh. you have to keep calling. You have to keep asking. I want to backtrack a little bit because a friend of mine, Verna, just posted a question on Facebook. She says, I still can't get the insurance company to finalize their report. What is reasonable? We've been calling them at least three times a week, and she, by the way, is a Harvey victim. So she's been waiting since... What did, what did we get hit with, Harvey? August the 26th? So, how do you. August. Yeah, how do you get them to. I mean, she still doesn't even have the final report, so she's not even close to getting a check. She can't get yeah, the adjuster is, to give her a report. What do you do?
4: And I've heard that on several occasions with respect to this, and, and part of the reason, I believe, and. I have no inside knowledge of this, but this is just coming from experiences. These new bulletins and this new information I'm referring to is causing some chaos at the adjuster level and at the insurance company level because they're having to scramble and figure out how to pay these, pay these uh, amounts based on these, this new information, this new guidance put out by, by the NFIP. Having said that, that's no excuse this is not complicated they're in the these are experts right they're in the business well, they're supposed to be, reports. but like you
0: said it's it's it could be college students, so
4: right, right, in theory, they're supposed to be experts right right and but their bosses and their superiors, the guys that have been running these companies for a decade or two they're the experts, and they're the ones who should be giving these college kids and, and anyone else who's who's inexperienced the guidance to write these reports uh i've I've actually heard this issue, and I'm shocked that it's taking you know, 70, 80, 90 days to get the initial report. I mean, that what, what that means is that this person has hopefully received an advance, because I've heard people who didn't even receive an advance on their claim. But as we all know, that advance money will drive quickly when you've got a gut and, and begin the rebuild process. And so um, that phrase you said, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. Uh, in addition to calling, here's, here's what flood insurance companies and the IA firms the insurance adjusting firms do not want they don't want written communication so you know what you do you you reach out to them in writing and so calling is great calling is the easy thing you pick up the phone you call you might even text Texting is better than calling because you can establish kind of a trail of communication but email is the preferred method of communication here because you can then refer back it's easy to say I call three times but there is no record of those three phone calls. I would email. You can, you can still call, don't get me wrong, but I would also follow up with an email and say, hey, Mr. or Mrs. Adjuster, uh, I just tried reaching you. You didn't answer the phone. This is, by the way, my eighth phone call in, in 10 days. You know, some communication would be appreciated. Where is my report? Where's my draft right. report? Well, she Where's says the they've been calling
0: report? three times a week, so...
4: Right, and, and, and these adjusters, remember, they they don't necessarily have any allegiance to the homeowner, right? Their, their allegiance is to the independent adjusting firm that hired them.
0: So instead call of calling, right, so you say, right, 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 right. so you have it
4: yeah. in writing. Still feel free to call, but, but always follow up with an email, and then when you want to send your second email, go in your sent mail and take the email you sent two days ago and put that at the bottom of it so you have a chain, so you can... If and when someone else sees that, a boss or a superior sees that and says, "They've emailed just six times,"
0: and they and say, "Whoa, you've got, got it in writing." Days. Before you could, before you call that Pandit law firm, they have it in writing. Please help her. Um, okay, I have a Hi. I have a you know, I have one of those deep down in my gut as a flood victim who got part of her money but hasn't gotten the rest of it. I know insurance companies have lots of reserve, they have lots of money, they they make these huge, huge they have these huge profits, they're giving uh uh they're giving their, their, their CEOs these incredible, you know what, thirty million dollar bonuses and whatever. I'm so scared with Harvey, Irma, Maria, wildfires. Um, are they going to run out of money?
4: You know that's a that's a very fair question. It's one we we've heard a number of times when when these storms hit uh, in August September. Our Louisiana clients were asking the same thing. Hey, we've been dealing with this for a year. Is the program going to run out of money? We're seeing these uh, we're seeing these new news articles. Um, look, the program is on the brink. Okay, but what that affects. It doesn't affect claims in existence. It affects the future. Okay. So any claim in existence is going to be honored. That insurance contract that you entered into with the National Flood Insurance Program, by way of your insurance company. I know that may be a little confusing, but if you have Wright Flood, or USAA, or Allstate, whomever is your whoever's name is on the declarations page, or whoever you're cutting your premium check to, ultimately that insurance money is getting backed by the federal government, in over 90% of these claims, there is a small but growing area of private flood insurance. But the vast majority is... Is federally backed, right? By the by FEMA. Okay, the then I won't. Every government.
0: everybody just disregard. I asked that question, and everyone can start stop panicking for now.
4: But it's a fair uh, one. I, gu- I guarantee you, a lot of your listeners want to know. So just to be clear, it was in the forward, back of
0: my mind on August the 27th before we even had an Irma sure. and a Maria and a wildfire. Just when I saw the devastation that was spreading across across the Houston area, and then and then you start looking at all the folks that didn't even have flood insurance. Raj, we have a, a guest joining us in the studio right now, Patricia. Hopefully, uh, this time next year, I can say one of my constituents in Liberty County. Uh, hey, thanks for driving in.
2: Well, thanks for having me and inviting me to this.
0: So real quick, tell us your story.
2: Um, well, I live outside of Dayton. I flooded before. Um, I flooded two years ago. And there's a, a reason that I flooded two years ago. I sold some property adjacent to mine in a ditch, a big six-foot ditch that went through that property. The developer took it down to a four-inch ditch, and it took me... There was nowhere for the water to go. There was nowhere for the water to go. I didn't realize it because we had the drought, and then they built the houses, and I started going, why is my backyard filling up with water all the time? So I flooded two years ago. Uh, we knew, So we knew with the 20... Then thirty, then forty inches of rain. They said we were going to get, we're going to flood.
0: You knew it was coming. Now, did you have flood insurance after no. the first? No. Okay, because you just you didn't know
2: it was going to happen. Because I was it waiting. It was a fluke
0: the last time. <laughs> well,
2: it was basically, and and I was uh, in the process of of you know fixing the house. I was when I get the house finished, then I will get flood insurance. And it's not going to happen again.
0: And fifty one inches of rain later. Now have you how is FEMA treating you you have you have a free lawyer on the phone right now Raj Raj Patricia Patricia Raj what would you ask Raj where are you in the process
2: with with FEMA I feel has been fair to me um my daughters and I are in a motel now since August 26th Mm um the the amount of money I received, you know what I I I knew they they don't give you the money to fix your house. They make it livable, which was great because when we you know uh, probably not everybody's aware of this, but Liberty became an island after the hurricane because we couldn't get out of Liberty because of of Arkema and all of the roads were flooded, so we couldn't go anywhere to buy the dehumidifiers we needed and all the supplies. We finally did, and that's what I did. You know, when you live out in the country, the first thing you have to do after a flood is have your septic redone. Boom, that's $1,200. 12- well, that's not cheap because, yeah. <laughs> that's $1,200 right I'm off the bat. Because I'm not in the
0: country, and I, I live on Taylor Lake, and everybody that lives on Taylor Lake has to have a septic yeah. system. So, yes, and I know.
2: So, you know, uh, I felt what FEMA in my uh, – and what what I know of FEMA is they they help you make it livable. Uh, you know, when I applied for FEMA uh, that uh, on Sunday at twelve o'clock, I also applied for the SBA loan. Um, so for me, FEMA has I, I think they've been fair. You know, we sure. didn't we didn't
4: lose any lives. Can, I'm sorry, go ahead. Can I ask you this? uh uh-huh. If you don't mind, when you say FEMA, are you referring to uh, FEMA in the side of where they're giving you sort of? money to help out with emergency issues or are you talking about your flood insurance company no like, backed by
2: fema i don't have flood, well i have flood insurance now but i didn't <laughs> on august 26th um sure but no fema fema the, the federal emergency management agency um you know they paid for lodging for us and um, are they still paying yes
0: and how long will they pay for that
2: right now it's through the 27th oh okay uh i'm hope hopefully we'll be in the house by then <clears throat> um but but there I work with a lot of people in North Shores where I work and um, they have different stories I wish I would have had time to reach out to them Uh, I think you know filing so early FEMA got to me quickly he contacted me within a couple of days the adjuster did, or I don't know what he's called Um, but there's a a a young lady that I work with she uh, applied for FEMA was denied applied again and what had happened is someone had used her address already and and so she's trying to figure out what her recourse is she's you know I haven't talked to her in a few days to find out what she's doing I actually told her to reach out to you (coughs) Dana um I don't know if she did or not I'm gonna have to open a constituent services office before (laughs) I'm even elected to anything (laughs) right well and I said you know I said I explained to her she's a young woman and, and and um Hopefully, you know, she'll become more involved in politics and, and, and decision, you know, making decisions about what goes on in our country. I have a question for you. I don't know if you'll be able to help me. This is for you, Raj, <coughs> attorney. Sure. Um, what's the mitigation? Uh, I need to, I, like, I need to sort of restructure my property. Do you know, uh, I, and I've heard about people in be- Bel-, Bel Air getting grants to raise their houses from FEMA. Is there, do you know, is there a law where they need, you know, where they help you mitigate your property?
0: Or does she go to that developer who overdeveloped and is now flooding her property? And, but that, what do you do, Raj? Because that takes
2: a lot of proof to prove that
0: everything the developer did is now flooding her property.
2: Well, and he's, I think he's no longer here. Right, that's a
4: years-long battle, which one I, I wouldn't recommend pursuing that, per se, but... Ultimately, here's what is, is likely going to happen, because we've seen this happen in Louisiana from Katrina, in New Jersey, New York from Sandy, in Louisiana again after the August flood of 2016, and now dealing with uh, Texas and Florida. Uh, there's going to be a, an established, federally funded, state-administered program to help people who are in your situation. and. That program admittedly took a long time to get off the ground in New York and New Jersey, and there's a lot of red tape and a lot of paperwork that is involved in it. But it And those programs in New York were called New York Rising and Build It Back. So if anyone wants to Google that, there may be some information. You can just get your head wrapped around what may be coming down in Texas. And then in New Jersey, it was called the REM program, R-R-E-M. And those are the more recent programs. And with any new federal program they're always learning something the Katrina one was the road home program and so and ultimately in Louisiana it was called Restore Louisiana in 2016-2017 and so that is going to most likely be the, the program that will help those who did not have flood insurance in getting these homes raised and they're going to go through and do an exhaustive review of land maps and what are the areas that are flooded most often and uh, the one thing I want to tell the listeners is that patience is a virtue with respect to having to deal with these programs that are coming forward. I mean, anything that's federally funded and state administered, there's a lot of bureaucracy that's going to be involved there, and it's just going to take some time to work through, but that is what I anticipate uh, will be a forthcoming solution.
0: And hopefully we don't have another hurricane, another heavy rain, yes, or all anything until then. I, you know, I've got notes all over this piece of paper, and I'll you know, just look at it. But, you know, we're on Facebook Live. I wish Raj was here so we could look at Raj, too. We can look at uh, Vicki and Patricia and me. You know, we didn't have this when I did radio at KLOL all those years ago, so I apologize that everyone gets to see me blow my nose. <laughs> Uh, with my cold live on Facebook, but you know it's reality. It's reality TV here on Facebook as we do the voice for Southeast Texas. Um, so just totally kind of unrelated, Raj, but something that I know really surprised me during Ike. So I was prepared for it during Harvey, and that was when I did finally get my check. It was made out to my husband. It was made out to me, and it was made out to the mortgage company. Which this time with Ike, it was it was like a you know a goat rope, as we say in Texas, trying to get that thing to the company signed and back so that you know in a in a in a decent amount of time I was lucky because I found out that my mortgage company had a satellite office in Houston that was closing last Saturday so Friday I rushed down there with my check I'd gotten on Thursday and said here endorse this so I can put it in the bank and get my contractors paid people are surprised to find out that process so that's another thing people have to deal with Raj is they finally got a check and now they have to send it to their mortgage company. And, you know, when you finally got that check, I remember with Ike, I was terrified to put that thing back in the mail. Like I was not going to see it again ever or in six to eight weeks or whatever. Are there any sort of laws? Is there any sort of recourse?
4: That's a, that's a great question. And it's one that uh, happens after every major event like this. There's a, there's some, There's several competing interests. First is the mortgage company says, well, look, we wanna make sure this money actually gets spent on repairs to the home. Which I can understand that, yeah. Yes, and the homeowner's saying, yes, I want the same thing, I wanna be back in my home too. We're gonna spend this money on repairs. And uh, they want to, and this is more, this is a bigger deal in other states, it's a big deal in Louisiana. The flood program requires that homeowner uses a licensed contractor. And so they wanna see the, then the mortgage company wants to see the construction contract to make sure that it's it's valid and, and meets the requirements so they can administer this money to the contractor in a one-third, one-third, one-third way, or 30, 30, 30, 10, 30 percent, right. and another 30. And uh, the problem is when you give that check to the mortgage company, you're oftentimes dealing with a multi-billion dollar, several thousand employee company that has a bunch of rigid Controls. When you're that big and you are right. that much scale, you've got to have some controls. And that homeowner calls up, and is essentially calling a call center, and that person is in the Philippines. To you. And but they have such limited authority to do right. anything for you. You know what, After Raj? Call, I, I say, hate hey, to do look, this,
0: but we're yeah, running out of time. Will you promise me you'll come sure. back? And if people happy to do
4: so, look. I-
0: give There's out your so phone number need. i know people i know there are people that are going to they're listening now or they're going to hear this uh later on in the week when we get the podcast posted how do they reach you website and phone number
4: sure they can reach us at uh 832-584 that's 832-583-5663 uh, they can email us flood lawyer at dot com, and they can see us on facebook as well and, and look What I want to stress to people is most times when you're calling a law firm, there's some expectation of things. No. We want to be able to answer any questions people have. People need answers, and we're in this unique position where we have a ton of knowledge and experience here, and if people have questions uh we want to be able to help and so great well send me those us.
0: send me those links you were going to send me and then when i post the podcast i'll post all this information your email your facebook your phone number everything so that way people can reach out to you uh raj pandit from the pandit law firm specializing in flood claims something so many people still dealing with in this area we will be back with more stick around
1: You're listening to The Voice for Southeast Texas, Dana Steele.
5: Hosting your own show on Vinyl Draft Radio. Contact us via email at info at or by phone at 281 210 4608. Now, back to more of Dana Steele, the voice
1: for Southeast Texas from the Associated Credit Union of Texas Studio.
0: Thanks for joining us today for the Voice for Southeast Texas. I'm Dana Steele, running to be your congresswoman in Texas Congressional District 36. Um, The show is paid for by the Dana Steele campaign, and I thank everyone at Final Draft. We have a great staff who help us put this together. This will be available as a podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Um, Usually they're pretty fast. Man, Leon and and, and Tegan, they're fast. They get this uh, up later today, and I'll have the emails, uh, or excuse me, the, the websites and the links the information from raj the attorney who joined us i will also have all his information if you want to reach out to him i want to thank patricia wilkinson for driving in from liberty county to uh, to be our, our 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 token flood victim i know there's a lot of i know there's a lot of them, but we picked one because it's a very very short show um leon how much time do i have here I'm looking at my little clock there. I love live radio. It's like, I just talk to people in the control room. All right, so we're going to recap some of the things that Raj, our flood attorney, said. Be persistent. Do not give up. Do not give up. Keep keep contacting your adjuster. Keep contacting your insurance company. But he recommended not calling. He recommended emailing. And just tag it on to the last email you sent every time. Don't start a new email so that when you do end up going to, getting to supervisors and going higher up, and God forbid you end up having to, to, to go to legal recourse, you have got pages and pages and pages of proof that there were emails and that you were told it was going to be taken care of. Uh, there's just so much into it. But that's really probably the most important thing we can tell people is a lot of these adjusters... You know what, for the most part, people are good. Uh, We had so many disasters in such a short period of time. When you do have to contact the insurance company, when you do have to contact your adjuster, be kind. Be nice. For the most part, everybody is doing absolutely the best they can with an overabundance of work that no one in a million years ever could have imagined. But be firm. You can be kind and firm at the same time. And uh, be persistent. Do it all in an email chain. Keep it all in writing so that you can go back and um, show this to people. Um, What do we leave out here, Patricia? You're going through this. Be patient. (coughs) Be patient. Yeah. Yeah. Just take a big breath, yoga breath. Um, Meditate a little in the backyard.
2: The company I work for, As an emergency response team, I work for Lowe's, and I am on the emergency response team. I went to Louisiana last year (laughs) after the floods there, and um, my sister and brother-in-law lived there. A year later, they're still not back in their house. They had five feet of of water in their house. They're actually going to – they're rebuilding on the property. But a year later, they're still in a – they're actually in a FEMA trailer on their property. And so it's a process. I mean, I don't think most of us will have that. But it's still going to take a long time. So be persistent.
0: Um, Be patient. Uh, Be kind and Mm -hmm. firm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And keep everything in an email chain. Keep copies of everything. If they do call you, write notes. And then I usually, what I do is I write the notes down in an email and send it back and say, just confirming this is what we said. So something tells me we're going to be able to do um, many more flood shows. Uh, here on The Voice for Southeast Texas, and we'll continue to do it. We do this show on Tuesday mornings from 9 to 10 live from the Vinyl Draft Studios. If you would like to be a uh, guest on the show, healthcare, education, jobs. Uh, bringing technology into the district, uh, what's working for you, what's not working for you. How do we make your lives better in CD36? That's the whole point of this show. I'm Dana Steele. You can reach out to us, danasteel36.com, e e l e 36.com. click on the top right hand corner where it says join us fill out the contact information check radio show be a guest and we will be in touch thank you so much for being with us today vicki welcome to the show patricia thanks for coming in we'll uh, talk to you next tuesday
2: thank
1: you You've been listening to The Voice for Southeast Texas, Dana Steele. For more information or to be on the show, visit danasteel36.com. That's D-A-Y-N-A-S-T-E-E-L-E 36.com. Join us next Tuesday at 9 a.m. for more of The Voice for Southeast Texas, Dana Steele.
0: The preceding program, The Voice for Southeast Texas, was paid for by the Dana Steele campaign.
5: For info on hosting your own show on Vinyl Draft Radio, contact us via email at info at vinyldraftradio.com or by phone at 281-210-4608.